0: Good to see you. Hey, what a weekend, right? It's Father's Day today, so happy Father's Day to all of the dads. Uh, tomorrow's Juneteenth. We're going to celebrate that. And so, man, what a weekend to celebrate, to remember. Man, we're excited. I'm glad you're here. I want to shout out to everybody that's first watching online. We're so glad you're tuning in. Uh, I know Patrick's watching, so happy belated birthday to Patrick. Uh, he turned 70 this past week. Uh, that's a joke. Just kidding. Just kidding. I don't, we don't really know. He won't tell anybody real age. Um, also want to shout out uh, first to uh, Missouri City Campus. Guys, so glad. I miss you all. That's my home campus. In case you don't know, I'm, I'm the lead pastor there, and so I miss you guys. They did something fun today. They did a uh, putt-putt competition. For all the dads. And the winner, you ready for this? They put a couch right where y'all are sitting. They put a couch right in the middle of the world, And they put a root beer and coolers and snacks. And so his family. So Mason Grayberg, congratulations. You won today. So your family's sitting right there. So we're excited for you. I hope that's fun. Uh, also, shout out to uh, West End over there where Abe is our lead pastor. Uh, he's not going to tell you this, but I put Abe through one of my garage workouts on Friday. Yeah, so if he's limping around... That's my fault, and I'm very proud of it. So anyways, we love you guys over at Weston. Happy Father's Day to you. And then finally, I want to say this to the men at the Ramsey unit. uh, I know Father's Day is probably a tougher day for you guys, and we just want you to know, man, we are thinking about you, praying for you and your families, and so we're so glad you're tuning in to church. Let's give everybody a hand that's tuning in with us today. So we are in a series called, anybody know? Yeah, there you go. We're in a series called Staycation, and it comes from the idea of taking a vacation, but not instead of going away, you stay local. So you enjoy hidden gems, you kind of find things maybe you might take for granted. And we thought this really shapes up a great series for us because there's a lot of things in life that are around us on a regular basis, but likely we take for granted, or uh, even better, some things around us that maybe if we uh, would put a little thought to it and a little bit of care, we could really influence the things around us. And so last week we talked about the church And today we're going to lean into the family, fitting on Father's Day. Now, when I say family, some of you had a reaction. Some of you smiled because you're happy and proud of your family, and that's wonderful. We're glad you're here. Um, Most of you, though, probably had a different expression. Some of you, it was uh, disappointment. You kind of hung your head a little bit like, oh, my family, ooh, if you only knew. Some of you, maybe it was anger. Maybe it kind of was a frown that went on your face. When you think about your family, there's a lot of pain, a lot of past hurt. And it's, maybe, it's, um, maybe it's a tear, and it's sorrowful. When you think about your family, you think about what you've gone through, what they've gone through, it's hard. And so just so that those of you maybe on the latter side uh, don't get too nervous because we're going to talk about family for the next three hours, um, that's a joke. But I want to say this to you. There is no such thing as a perfect family. So you're cool. Take a breath. Like, just relax Yours may be the worst in the room, that's possible, but there is no such thing as a perfect family. In fact, just to to encourage this, confirm this, if we go all the way back into scripture from the very beginning, there have been broken families. Look at a couple of them just for fun. First, Adam and Eve. Not only did the two of them change the trajectory of human history, but also their kids grew up and one of them killed the other. So some of you are doing better already, okay? So it's cool. what about the prophet Eli? He's not uh, maybe as familiar, but the prophet Eli in scripture, it literally says, you ready for this? His two kids are scoundrels. That's how it's described. Like, they were evil. So maybe your kids are evil at home, but out in public, they're not so bad. So you're doing okay. Uh, how about the next one? Abraham. We know a little bit about Abraham, maybe, if you've been around the church for a while. Abraham and his wife, Sarah, they were doing great. God said, hey, you're going to father many nations, you're going to have kids, it's going to be great. But then they couldn't have a kid, so Sarah tried to improvise. She took her servant, gave her to her husband to sleep with, to have a child. That got weird real quick. And uh, just so you know, that family still impacted the world. We're still talking about them today. So there are broken families ever. How about David, last one? We couldn't even fit all of his stuff on the page. I mean, just a mess from the top down. And so... Man, when it comes to family, ease up just a little bit and realize that, man, there is no such thing as a perfect family. And here's why. Because families are made up of people, and people are imperfect. And when imperfect imperfect people get together, it's just going to be tough. Uh, In fact, even deeper, I would say uh, there's a lot of people in the world that are broken. And when broken people get around other people, broken people tend to break people. And so when we talk about the family, it can be tough. But I don't want to lean into the negative today. I want to lean into the positive. In fact, I wanna point out something that I think is really important. I think one of the great things, not the only thing, but one of the great things that happens in a good family is the handoff, the handoff. Think about this, families are really generations passing on to the next generation, onto the next generation, onto the next generation. And so there's a lot of different ways we can have what we might call a successful family, that's not the point, but the handoff is crucial. In fact, let me throw this at you. You ready? You may have heard this statement before. Think about it. Is this possible for you? That your individual greatest contribution to the world would not be something you do, but someone you raise. Whoa, let's think about that for a second. All the things you're working on, all the things you're doing, your career, your job, whatever, all this, could it be that actually the real impact's going to come with who you raise or who you raise up? Now that may look like for kids, for if you're a parent, it might look like your kids pouring into your kids, passing on what you can, teaching them. We'll talk about that in just a minute. It might look like for you, if you're a grandparent, right? Maybe you blew it with your kids, but you're still here. So, hey, pick it up with the grandkids. You can, can, they may be your greatest contribution to the world and there'll just be a dark gap in the middle there, it's cool. Maybe it's a niece or nephew, maybe you're a guardian, you've stepped in on behalf of someone else, but yet you've got some kiddos around you, some teenagers around you that you're pouring into. Hey, maybe we go outside the family for a second. Maybe you're a coach or a teacher. And so there's some young men and young women that you're pouring into. Man, they may be. It may not even be what happens on the court. It might be their life impacting the world because of your influence. Or maybe it's at work. Maybe you're a mentor to someone younger on the team and there's a coworker that you go, man, I did a lot in the business, but my greatest contribution is gonna be him or her pouring into this thing. So there's this big picture idea here that, man, there is a handoff that happens. And in our family, this is something we don't wanna take for granted. And so with that in mind, I'd like to kind of lean us into some conversation about the family. I want to look at a couple of verses from Deuteronomy 6, and then I want to end by giving you some practical things that I think can be tremendously helpful. Y'all ready? All right, let's do it. I'm pretty sure some of you are excited. That's great. I'm excited. And I didn't drink any coffee today. That was a stab at Patrick. Y'all like that? Okay, that's good. Hopefully he watched the first service, not this one. Okay, so Deuteronomy 6. Let me set it up for you just really quick. Deuteronomy 6. This is written, okay, the writer is thinking about the people of Israel. Now, the people of Israel is the audience of this text. So right there, you might go, wait a minute. Well, if it's for them, why are we reading it? Who cares? Well, there's a good thing with God, especially in the Old Testament. His principles don't change. Some of the processes, some of the different things change from the Old Testament to the New Testament, but the principles don't. So there's some wonderful principles we can pull here. But the reason the author wrote this is so that this generation would not make the same mistakes of the past generation. Isn't that good advice? Now, let's be honest, okay, because some of you brought your dad today, you brought grandpa, you brought all of them. Let's give them some credit. We definitely learned some things from the generation before, a lot of things, no doubt but we also gain great wisdom by looking at what those that have gone before us have done wrong and doing our best to move away from those things. We move forward by moving away from past mistakes. And so with that in mind, the author writes this text and says, hey, when it comes to your family and your home, let me give you some thoughts. Here's what he says. Look at this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Okay, so let's keep this up for a minute. Now, the first thing we notice kind of up it's that, man, the first thing we wanna do, if we're gonna truly influence our family, if we're going to impact our family, if we're gonna make a great handoff, the first thing that's gotta happen is your relationship with the Lord. That you've gotta see who God is, believe who he is, and then give your life to him. Now, with that, let me say this. I recognize a room this size, those that are watching with us online, all that. I get it. There are some of you here that have not chosen to follow God yet. And I want to tell you, I'm glad you're here. What a great place to be to process some doubts. That's wonderful. And I want to say this to you too. It is not a requirement to be a good dad or a good husband uh, to be a believer in Jesus Christ. That's not a requirement. It's possible to still be a good dad or be a good husband. But I would tell you that it's much more difficult. And the reason for that is because when God comes into your life, he starts to make changes on the inside of you that over time, if not immediately, begin to affect the things around you. There's a phrase you may have heard of before. Look at this, the phrase that it starts with you, right? So everything today, we're like, hey, it starts with you. You can do this, you can influence your family, you can make a difference, this will be great. But what the scripture is saying to us is really it starts in you, that it's God working in you that then moves to the change. Think of it like this. You ready? My wife, who's here today, she's been married to two or three different guys in her life. All of them have been me. Some of you are having a profound moment right now. It's like, that's what happened to my husband. He is not the same guy. Listen, as we navigate life, as we grow up, sometimes we move forward. Sometimes we move backwards. Sometimes we lean into a relationship with God and he begins to change on the inside. That moves to the outside. And sometimes we don't. I would tell you, I hope, uh, let's ask her afterwards so we don't do it now. Hopefully the three guys she's been married to have all gotten better. But the guy she met when we were single, much less mature, much less of a relationship with the Lord, walking with him, having him and his word really do work in my life. That next phase is I stepped into ministry and really took on a whole new spin of my life. And then later on, having kids and the whole dynamics that change, right? As I move toward God and as he does work in me, change begins to happen on the outside. And so for all of us, listen, just be encouraged. You can either move forward or you can move backwards, but you're likely going to move somewhere. And so let God move in and do that work for you. And for those of you that are married and you're like, I just wish let me give him a list of 10 things. It's Father's Day, but he'll understand. Let me, Don't do that. Let the Lord do the work. And if he's not working right now, just be patient and pray that God will intervene and do his thing because we can't change people. It's gonna be the Lord. So then once the Lord comes in, now look what he says. So we, we, we allow him into our life. We start to move along in his way. So we're following his word, his instruction, right? This is where the Bible comes in. Then look what it says. It says, you shall teach, talking about the word, talking about the principles of God, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So let's pause here. So he's saying, hey, first of all, as God's working in you, hey, teach your children this. Teach your children about the Bible. Teach your children about God. And immediately some of you go, whoa, uh, I don't think I can do that. Like, I don't know a whole lot about the Bible. I don't know a whole lot about God. How, how can I do this? And I want to do it right. So then you go, that's why we go to church. We, we, we put them in there so they'll do it. And then we're just here because honestly, we have nowhere else to go. But we're waiting for our kids to get done, right? And, and oh, Whatever. We're glad you're here. Here's the thing. Your kids are getting poured into when they come to church. In fact, I actually went to our elementary camp this past week on Friday and went and checked out what they're doing. We're pouring into your kiddos. But it won't be enough. They need your leadership. This is by God's design. They need your influence. They need your teaching. So for those of you that are nervous, I, I, don't, know, I don't know what to do. I don't want to start with just some, some prayer, maybe before a meal. Read, read a Bible together. If you have young kids, read a children's Bible together. And then let them ask questions. And when they ask you a good question and you get nervous because you don't know the answer, don't lie. Just be honest. Hey, that's, that's a wonderful question. I don't know the answer, but I'm going to go find out and I'm going to come back and we'll talk about it. And then you go call Patrick and you let him do the work. All right, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Do yourself. Call him actually. We'll put his phone number on the screen later. But this is how we learn, right? And it's okay for our kids to see us not knowing everything. That's okay. But we have a chance to teach them. But not only are we gonna talk to them about scripture or have the opportunity, should you choose, to talk to them about scripture, to teach them about prayer, to talk about God in our home. We also have the chance to model it with our lives. Look what he says next. He says, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be on the, as the frontlets between your eyes that gets weird I'll explain it in a minute you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates okay so first thing he says it should be a sign buying them as a sign on your hand so this is going to be the things that you do as you're operating through life and it's not just for your kids for anyone that watches you we want to live lives that carry out God's principles and make a godly influence on the people around us that's hopefully the desire one day for you I hope it will be and so this could be in your home, modeling for your kids what a godly, let's say, for example, marriage might look like. Now, let's be honest. None of us are getting this right, and neither do Sarah and I. We're not perfect at of marriage. But there are some things we can teach our kids just by example. One might be, hey, we don't just say our marriage is a priority in our hearts or in our minds, but if we make it a priority even on our calendar. Hey, you may decide once a month. Your mom and I or your dad and I, we go out to dinner. We break away. It's not because we don't like you, though that's questionable at times. We break away so that we can lean into each other, that we can make sure we're connected. And you're modeling a godly principle to them with just how you live your life through marriage. Others of you, it might be, hey, we're stepping outside of the home. You, You run a business or you work in the business realm. And so for you, a chance for you to teach those around you godly principles might be as you're doing business, charge a fair price. Make some profit, of course. Have some margin, but charge a fair price when it comes to how you treat your customers. Treat them like you would treat your neighbor as scripture would describe. Treat them kindly. Give them the best service possible when it comes to your employees. Maybe you treat them more like family. You bring them in a little bit closer, you're pouring into them, you're helping them, you're modeling for them, you're mentoring them. These are all godly principles that we can teach not only in our home, but outside. So it's how we live, it's how we act. Then he goes, he talks about the frontlets between your eyes. That's kind of weird, right? Like, what is that? It's just your thoughts, right? It's your mind, it's in between the eyes. So it's the things that you allow in. It's maybe the things that you watch. Maybe in your home, you're a little more cautious of the things you and your children watch just out of protection for them. And so we're careful with our mind. We keep it protected. It says, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house. And some of you wives are like, that's why we have scripture all over our house, right? And you're finally like, told you so. It's biblical, all right? Well, here's the deal. There's nothing wrong with that absolutely whatsoever. Do not go home and take those down. But just to be clear, that's not what this is referencing. The idea is, hey, when we are out within our neighbors specifically, the doorposts of your home, the right outside of your home, that we share godly love and godly principle with those around us, particularly with our neighbors, which would extend to as far as you want that reach to go. And so very clearly, we get some great instruction on how to navigate as a family, how to navigate in our home, how to navigate as parents or guardians or leaders or mentors. Wonderful thoughts. So now taking the scripture and thinking about the handoff, I was really praying through, okay, what could we cover today that would um, help us lean into one thing that might make an impact on our family? And there's a bunch of things we could do, but I came up with one thing that I think is just gonna be so profound in influencing our families and those around you. And this is it. Show up. Show up. Now, the idea of showing up here, okay? First of all, I wanna point out that showing up has benefit not just with your kids. This can be extended family, neighbors, coworkers, all that, but for today, I wanna lean into the relationship between a parent or a guardian and the kiddo or a teenager because this is so important and here's why. Research has found that right now, this generation, this particularly Gen Z, is described as the loneliest generation walking the planet. Okay. Think about that for just a minute. That should alarm us because they're also the most connected generation that's ever walked the planet because of technology. So how are they the loneliest? Well, there's two things. One, it's COVID. COVID created isolation like our little ones have never experienced, and they didn't know what to do with it, and honestly, neither did we. But then technology came on the scene, and technology, though it's made them connected, instead of it being like this face-to-face, it's connected like this. Device to device. And so even though they're connected, they are not experiencing the relationship and the community that every human is really designed to experience, which introduces this very interesting thing. And that is what scientists have found is that love and empathy have healing agents in the brain. Love and empathy have healing agents in the human brain. So what we're saying here is as we lean into this idea of showing up, That extension of love and that empathy is going to do some healing work in your kiddos and even in your teenagers. And so with that, let me share with you just a couple quick practical principles that I think can be helpful, okay? Here's number one. Let's look at this. Show up before they ask. Now, if you have a teenager in the room, you're going, hmm, you don't understand. My teenager hates me. If they don't hate me, it may be even worse because they don't talk to me. They put up a wall. They don't want any. I, I try to do nice things. I get it. I totally get it. It is difficult, but it is something we've got to kind of work through, because even though rejection is what they're showing, it is not necessarily what they feel inside. It is just a wall that they put up. And uh, I think about how we can do this. Um, there was a guy. Um, a couple years ago, Sarah and I, our family, we experienced a tremendous loss. And in that loss, there were a couple families that came alongside of us and just said, hey, look, we love you guys. We want to help. We want to support. Um, what can we do? And so one night, this guy, Brian, shot me a text message. Make a note of this. This is so good. Shot me a text message, and he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to send your family dinner tonight. We're going to send you smash burger. Have y'all ever had that? It's pretty good. We're going to send you all of this. You line-item did everything. And it was way more food than we could possibly have needed. And he said, unless there's anything on here you don't like or are allergic to, we're going to send it and it'll be there at six o'clock. Can I just tell you how amazing it was to one, not have to swallow my pride and ask for help to two, to not have to think about what I asked them to order. Cause I don't want to ask for too much or be a prima donna, but then I don't want to under, and it's like, how do I get enough? I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to think about when or how. He made all the arrangements before I even asked. I think there's a concept there that can be helpful for us with our kiddos. It's thinking ahead of going like, you know what? You probably don't want me there, but that's okay. I'm gonna be there. So I'm gonna be there for, and if you don't want me to sit next to you, totally fine, but I'm gonna be there and I just want you to know. Show up before they ask. Here's number two. Show up for what matters to them. Now, some of you, maybe the ladies or even the guys, you grew up as a dancer, and so then your kid gets into dance, and you're like, this is amazing. I'll go to every dance competition, every tumbling thing. I'll be there. But if you didn't grow up in dance, it's a little harder, right? It's not as exciting. Or maybe you grew up loving instruments. You just love music, so your kid joins the band or a band, whichever one. This is amazing. I'll go wherever you want to go. But maybe you grew up and you didn't like music. And so now your kid's all into something that you're really not that into this is one of those opportunities to be able to show up. So maybe for you, it's you take that kiddo or that teenager to a concert of the band they really love, even though it's not necessarily your music, but you go because you want them to know it, man, you care, and you wanna be there for them. Maybe you take them to go check out that video game. All right, I'm not endorsing video games. Don't write me an email. But maybe you take them to check out that video game that they've been talking about, and you just go, hey, I know you've been really excited about this. Let's go take a look at it. Let's go see at the store. And then you realize how much it is, and you're like, well, let's just keep it at the store. But anyways, different store. The point is, right, we we try to show up for what matters to them. My daughter, she's eight, Kyla Bell, and she loves this game called Statue. Does anybody know it? Thank you for the one. It's from the show Bluey. Does anybody know Bluey? There we go. Find us some love. It Took three services to find it. All right. So Bluey is an Australian kid's show. It's actually a pretty good show. Um, and, uh, And so there's this game called Statue. And basically, you become a statue, and then she looks away, and then you move and then she turns around and she's like, oh my gosh, the statue moved. And it's like a thing. And I'm always in here like, could we just play basketball? What's happening around? Here? This is not, but here's the deal. It matters to her, right? It matters to her. Game is silly, not my favorite, but it makes a difference for her. This is part of showing up. Here's number three, show up when it's inconvenient. Now here's the thing, you know what? As your kids get older, guess what? Some of your best conversations are gonna happen late at night when you're tired, yeah. When you want to go to bed, all of a sudden it's like, the gates have opened and my kid's ready to talk. Seriously. Come on, man. I used to go to camp. I used to go uh, back up at my my past church, my past job, and we'd go to camp every year. And they would call, you ready for this? I can't believe I'm saying this in public. Uh, They would call me Sour Patch. And I never knew what it meant for like three days. I never knew. I was like, whatever. I don't even care. I don't gotta Sometimes you got to buck up to the kids a little bit. Just let them know, like, I'm in charge here, not you. Um, and they go, all right, we're going to tell you what it means. They said, we call you Sour Patch because when we first met you, you were really sour. And then as we got to know you, you were kind of sweet. And then as the nighttime came, you were gone. And I was like, I don't know if that's good or bad, but I get it. But here's what I have realized. As I've been to camp many, many times, I'm telling you, some of the most amazing God-centered conversations happen super late at night. So the same may be true for your kiddos. It may be true for your teenagers, especially. So being open to this idea that, hey, even when it's inconvenient. Uh, to go back to my kids, my kids have me coaching their basketball league. That's why my voice sounds all raspy. I actually don't sound like this normally, but every Saturday morning, I'm just lovingly yelling at a bunch of little kids. Now like, you go here, you go that. 10 times it takes them to finally do it. That's why I lose my voice. Anyways, they want me to do this. They're so excited about me coaching their basketball team. And of course, they're on two different teams, two different ages, so I gotta do it twice. But here's the deal. During the summer, there's been two of these. I really like to work out. I like these fitness competitions, these fitness workout races, whatever. And there's two of them I really wanted to do, but I can't do it because they happen on Saturday morning right in the middle of the game. I don't want to be honest with you. This isn't a brag moment because I was disappointed, really disappointed. Like, do they really need me there? I don't think they really do. Like, they'll be fine. If they win or lose, it doesn't matter. It's just for fun, right? They all get a trophy. But, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Hit you. Hit you there, but I didn't mean to. Um. But what I've thought about is, man, they will only be this age for so long. And they'll only allow me to coach probably for so long. And the truth is, these other things, they'll still be there. I'll be a little bit older. I might go a little slower. But they'll still be there. And so here's the thing. Listen, sometimes no for now is not no forever. And so sometimes we just got to push some hobbies aside. Sometimes we have to adjust how we're going after our career and going, you know what? I'm here, I gotta work out a paycheck, but I'm not gonna pursue these things just yet because I'm gonna take advantage of the time that I have in this moment with my marriage or with my kids or whatever it may be. Sometimes no for now isn't a no forever. That's a really important thing for us to wrap our mind around because when we show up when it's inconvenient, here's the thing, here's the other thing, you won't get any credit for this. Most of the time when you show up for someone when it's inconvenient to you, they don't know unless you tell them. And if you tell them, you've missed it. So this is hard. You're not going to get extra credit in the world, but it matters, and that's why we do it. Here's number four, just two more. Show up undistracted. Now, let's be honest. We all know kids are totally distracted today. Technology, iPads, insert, any other thing, video games, they're just totally distracted, right? We all agree. So are we. We all agree? A little hesitation, but yeah. Why? Why? How does this work? I can picture it right now. I'm on the couch. I'm on my phone. It started with an important email because it was important. But then that email turned into two emails, then into three emails, and then somehow I'm on Instagram watching videos. And so what started as important ended up not important. But what happens? You know this if you're a parent. Here comes my son. Hey, dad. Hey, dad. Hey, dad. Hey, but one second, I just got to wrap this one email up, right? Hey, Dad, hey, turned into two emails and three emails and da-da-da. And now I'm frustrated with my kid because he won't get off my back. But here's the thing. Here's the question I have to keep asking myself. Maybe it'll be helpful for you. Am I frustrated with my kid's impatience or am I being exposed from my lack of presence? Because oftentimes it's the latter, I mean, come on, Lord, help us. Give us a win as parents. Why, it was just one email turned into this, but this is the deal. And when we are distracted, man, we miss so many moments and we, we really miss the ability to show up. Now, some of you are still stubborn and you're going, not me, buddy. I am totally there, totally present. So with that, let's do a test. Everybody pull out your phone really quick. We got four minutes. Pull out your phone really quick. Pull it out right now, it's okay. You can pull it out in church. I give you permission. Some of you already have it out because you're bored and that's all right. Can't control that. Now I want you to get your phone out. I want you to go to your home screen. Okay, go to your home screen. Uh, and this is only on the iPhone. If you don't have an iPhone, uh, life's full of decisions. You made the wrong one. Okay, um, so, sorry to the one guy back there, I apologize. Um, Okay, so I'm gonna do it on the screen just to follow along. Okay, so everybody got your phone, here we go. So tap the settings uh, icon or app, all right, tap it once. All right, now scroll down just a little bit and there's an icon here called screen time. So tap that, screen time. All right, now don't worry about this part yet. This is really important. Click on the see all activity, click that one time. All right, now scroll up, scroll up. Go ahead, next slide. And look at this. Look at how many times you pick up your phone a day. Oh, Uh uh-oh. I thought church was supposed to be encouraging. (laughs) Bring Patrick back. Who's this guy? Look at how many times you pick, how many of you are in the 50s? How about the hundreds? Anybody in the 200s? Thursday night, I had a guy come up, he goes, I think I hate you. 286 times was his daily average. I won't say his name. All right, so listen, we think the kids are the ones distracted, but hey, newsflash, we might be the problem too. Okay, put your phone away just so I can finish it. You're not distracted, all right, the whole point. So, here's the thing. One through four of this list, one through four, sets you up for the ability to do number five. One through four sets up the ability for you and I to do number five and to do number five well. You ready? Here it is. Show up when they are hurting. Because sometimes we try to show up when they're hurting, but we haven't done any of these other things, and so there's a disconnect between them. And then they're like, oh, now you want to come when i hurt. I don't want anything to do with you. And so there's a reason why there's a one through four because we're building something here. Because then here's what happens when they get hurt. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you for a second. Listen, when they are hurting, what happens for us sometimes? Uh, maybe for those who've been around a little while, the older generation. I won't say an age so I don't get in trouble. Listen, you look at the problems that they're going through. You look at what hurt what's hurting them, and you think, "Hi, ah, I've been there. That's not that big of a deal." Like y- you got dumped. It'll be fine. You're gonna get dumped ten more times. Like I know what's coming. You just don't. But here's what happens. When they're hurting, it doesn't matter what it is they're hurting about. The fact is that they're hurting. And that's when we get to show up. Think of it like this. Do y'all know what the shortest verse in the Bible is? Anybody? Jesus wept. Jesus wept. It's okay if you didn't know that. Now you know trivia, okay? Now, anybody know where it's at? Yeah, that's good. Smart answer. All right. So listen, it's okay if you didn't know that. Here's the verse. Jesus wept. Now, this is fascinating, but I want to tell you Why? What's fascinating is not that Jesus wept. That's not what's fascinating. What's fascinating is why he wept. Do you know the story? Let me tell you just in case you don't. Jesus had a core group of friends that he was doing ministry with, walking with, doing life together. And one of that group of friends, a man named Lazarus, dies. And when Jesus gets back onto the scene, Lazarus is dead. But the story goes on. And if you know the story... Jesus is gonna raise Lazarus from the dead. He's gonna come back to life. Everything's gonna be fine, and they're gonna move on their merry way. Jesus knew that was coming. And Jesus knew he had the power to do it. He knew it's exactly what's gonna happen. So then we ask the question why was he weeping? If he knew everything was gonna be okay, here's why. Jesus was weeping because the people around him whom he loved were hurting. And when they hurt, he hurt. And that's it, guys. This is what showing up really looks like. When I see you, no matter what it is that you're hurting for, this is where empathy comes in. I show up, I meet you where you are, and when you hurt, I hurt, and they know they're not alone. They know we're walking with them and they know that they can make it through. This is what showing up looks like. Now here's one more thing. If you're in the room today and you are divorced, I wanna talk to you for just a minute. If you are a parent that has gotten divorced and you have kids, I just want to say something to you. It is so important that you stay as close to your kids as you possibly can. Because here's the truth, and I don't want to to crush you. I just want to be honest with you, and this is wrapped in so much love. And I'm a product of this, by the way. I'm a kid that grew up in a divorce home, so I understand this. Divorce scars kids. There is no way around it. I don't care if, if it was your fault or if it was their fault or if it was a nasty divorce or it really wasn't that bad. Divorce scars kids. And so with that, we have got to lean in even more so in the most aggressive way. I've got to stay as close to my kids, as close to my kids as possible, especially if you're the one that isn't living with them regularly. I have got to stay as close to my kids because it's not their fault. And so we want to bring them as close as we can. Now, can I give you the other side really quick? Because we're talking about family. If you are in here and you've been divorced, and I know it's a good number because 50% of divorces, our marriages end in divorce. Listen, you can still have a strong family. You can still have a strong family. But for those kids, there will be a lack. It's just the way it is. And so we want to lean in with our kiddos the very best that we can very best we can our kids need us and they need you even if you're not their parent this generation is hurting and they're alone and they're isolated and they have never needed you more and so if we could just show up we can make a difference and here's what happens you ready for this when we show up like this we show them and the world how jesus feels about them that he loves them And that he's there for them. God uses people to reach people. And you and I are standing in the gap. And so, if you're divorced, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But your kids are going to have some scars. So lean in with them. And all of us together, let's lean in as a family and let's reach this Generation, hey, let's do this with our friends, our peers, our extended family, our co-workers. We can do this. And when we do it, it models God to the world. I, I want to close. I want to bring my dad up. If y'all would let me. Uh, this is my dad. And uh, this is my dad, Stephen. And uh, I just I thought it would be fitting on Father's Day to just have him close us uh, in a word of prayer. So, Dad, would you, would you close Yeah, but before
1: I do that, I have, this is my second time to do this. First time I was overwhelmed by all of this and all of you. But I'm over that now, so now I can relax and just be myself. I just want to say that I am super hyped up right now. It's not because of coffee, not a double espresso or anything like that. It's because of the truth that this man has been sharing with us about family. And I just want to tell you, I am a father. And I am so proud of you, my son. God is doing amazing things in and through his life. And I want you to know it's not because of me. It's only because of God living in me and working through me to accomplish these types of things. Not just in Chad and our other children. And I want you to know your mom's just as, just as proud as I am. So if you'll take a moment, I'll lead us in a moment in, in some prayer, but I'm hyped up, so you, know, you may be here for a while, all right? <laughs> Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we're just so excited about the truth you're sharing through your servant, Chad. And to be honest, we can't help but think about you because you as our Heavenly Father always show up for your children. You've promised us in your word that you would never leave us, that you would never forsake us. Not only that, from the moment we were born while we were created and conceived in our mother's womb, you were there providing for us, protecting us, and giving purpose to our life. But that wasn't all. You gave us the perfect example of what it means to be a father through your relationship with your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. You provided for Jesus everything that he needed. You gave him all the guidance he needed to do all the things he was supposed to do while he was here. You protected him as he accomplished your work. This was Jesus' purpose. This was Jesus' glory as the only begotten Son of God and the Savior of this world. And because Jesus was able to accomplish this work, we are able to be the fathers that you've called us to be to our children. But we can only do it by allowing you into our hearts so that your love so fills us, That we're able to truly love our children. So, Father, as we endeavor to follow after you and protect, provide, and help our children discover your purpose for their life here on earth, may we ever be thankful and give you all the glory. So, as we close this assembly, may we continue to reflect on Chad's truths that he shared with us this morning as we seek to follow you in all the ways you've called us to. In all these things, may you be glorified, Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, we pray, as enabled by your Holy Spirit, amen.
0: Thank you guys for being here today. Hey, our uh, our prayer team will be down front, so if there's anything we can pray for with you guys, big or small, good or bad, please come down. We'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, y'all have a great week. We'll see you back next Sunday.